What's up, Story Side? We're glad to be here today. Will you welcome all those joining us online? Let them know how awesome it is to have them today. Our Facebook Live family. And glad for those that are in the house. Uh, excited about this weekend. We're continuing our seated series. Everyone say seated. seated. I want to pray today uh, for a lot on my mind and my heart, but I want to pray for local churches in the area. I want to pray for our nation. I want to pray for so many people that you just have a lot going on. I feel like the last 24 hours uh, between inbox messages, people letting my assistant Alyssa know, uh, things happening with them, uh, our care, we have care at storysidechurch.com. Emails come in pretty much daily of people updating us with stuff, the lobby, Uh, There's just a lot of people, some are in the hospital right now, um, that have reached out and just said, I could use some prayer. You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus, actually there's times he could speak a word, and although he was here, his word would go there. I believe that could happen today. I believe God could touch uh, people not only in the room, but people online, uh, people that are in those hospital rooms. And so I'm just asking if you would join me in prayer. Would you do that and ask that God would touch them today? God, I thank you so much for your presence today. I really feel your Holy Spirit in our worship time. I pray for every church in the area. There's 200 and some churches, and I pray whether they're in a hotel or a house or a church building, I pray that you would touch lives today, save someone today, encourage people today, bless every pastor, every team. God, I thank you that it's not just about one organization or one denomination or one church. It's about your kingdom, and I pray that you would let the kingdom move forward today. Those that are in need of prayer, whether they're in that hospital room, uh, whether they're at home right now, and they need a touch from you, I'm asking that you would send your word, send your word, send your word and touch people's lives today. And we pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Blessed is the nation, God is the Lord. Bless this nation. We need your hand. We need your help. We pray it in your name. Amen. My mother's in the house today. My mom is here. I love the church. I love the church. You say, Micah, you're biased, probably, uh, but I love the church. I look back at the history of my life, and I would not be where I'm at right now if it was not for the local church. And we're going to talk today about church chairs, church chairs. We started the series talking uh, last weekend about we had a bar stool, we had a baby seat, a baby chair, we had an emotional chair up down, we had a grieving chair, uh, we had a lazy boy, and a lazy boy chair. Today we're going to talk about church chairs and a little bit of the history and the heritage that can come with church chairs. This would just represent uh, just maybe a hundred years. These chairs, uh, about a hundred years representation. Uh, The the church as we know it, the early church till now, well over 2,000 years. And we talk about the heritage of the church today. I hope that you leave uh, and you feel such an honor, such an appreciation, such a thankfulness for the local church. I hope that you're challenged not to make the church your enemy. 
there are people that can make the church the enemy. Church is always taking my time. Church is always eating up my week. Church wants your money. If we're not careful, the church can actually, in a way, the way we talk, it could become the enemy. The church is not our enemy. The church is God's plan. We believe that our families are better with the church. Right? We love the church. It's amazing sometimes when, you know, we, we could give hours and hours and hours. I have kids that play travel sports. We could give hours and hours and hours to sports schedules and practices and games and tournaments. And, and yet then when it comes to a church service time or a practice time or a freedom night, all of a sudden now what we don't say about sports and school and other things, now we say about the church. But in reality, if we're not careful, you turn the church into a monster and kids grow up thinking, I can't believe mom and dad's serving. I can't believe. And you turn the church into a monster. And then there comes a day where the phone is ringing and you're like, Pastor Micah, will you pray? My son, my daughter, Pastor Micah, I need a miracle. And now we want the miracle or the ministry of the church, something that we turned into a monster. Want to help you today. I love the church. I believe I'm looking at people today that love the church, that in 2019, regardless of what social media says, regardless of people telling you it's a waste of time, that there is still a good group of people that would say, I love the local church. My life is better because of the local church. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, Some people, some people have given up the habit of meeting for worship, but we must not. We must not do that. We should keep on encouraging each other, especially since you know that the day of the Lord's coming is getting closer. In 2019, One of the things, one of the trends that we could see happening is what we would call customized Christianity. That means that there are so many podcasts, there's so many online options, there's so many, whether it's TV, whether it's social media, There's so many ways you can pick and choose what you want. We have opportunities and times. You could, if you wanted to, just turn people off or tune people out. The talking about giving, click. Talking about forgiving, click. The talking about loving everyone, not being racist, click. Right? And you could start picking and choosing, like, what, what is your perfect church experience? That's unfair, because there is no perfect church. There's no perfect pastor. There's no perfect you. A perfect church is called heaven. Heaven. But here on this earth, we are human. We are flesh. That's why you and I need God. You and I should guard against the mentality of creating 
customized Christianity. When you feel at times conviction, or you feel at times that you're being stretched, don't quit just because everything doesn't go your way. I don't know about the ushers. I don't know about the kids check-in. That one guy in the parking lot. You don't quit every time that something doesn't fit customized Christianity. I want to help you today. When you look at church chairs, we could see kids chairs and student chairs and chairs from Freedom Nights and and our weekend gathering uh, services, those chairs. And I want to start today by simply saying how thankful I am for seat support. Seat support. You and I would not be here today if it was not for seat support. When you look at these chairs, these chairs are very old. And when I have read about these chairs, they could actually make me a little bit nervous to even sit in them for an extended period of time. So have your video cameras ready. (laughs) But I'm grateful for these chairs. These chairs came out of a church. I, I can only imagine the people that have sat in these seats. I wonder what kind of prayers they prayed wonder if some of them, even in their prayers, were praying in a way for you and I. God, bless our children. Bless our grandchildren. These chairs were part of a church, a spiritual gathering area here in Ohio. wonder if people prayed for Ohio in these chairs. Wonder if people prayed that there would be renewing and refreshing and reviving in these chairs. When I say about seat support, I don't think we would be here if it wasn't for when they passed, probably not black buckets like we have. When I was a kid, we had like these big, almost like a a platter, but like these big gold like on the bottom was like red felt. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You could give change and no one would really know. Like it just fell so softly into that little velvet, whatever that was. Like, But we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the times that that big gold passed down the aisle and People said, here is is my tithe, or here's my offering. We're here because of seat support. I I wonder how many times in a chair like this, because I I think of people in my life like Ruby Piper, who's since gone on to be with the Lord. Ruby uh, prayed some of the best prayers over Angel and I in our early marriage and early ministry. People like Gertrude, who would pray all of the time she too has gone on to be with the Lord. People like Gwen Cleva. People that made a, a spiritual impact 
on me. I, I, wonder, I wonder how many times that people have turned around in this chair. You know, when, when I was growing up in church, we would have times to pray, and a lot of times you would just turn around in your chair. I can't always say I stayed awake, but I'm just, go, just go with me. But how many times people prayed in this chair? And they asked God to save and to help. I wonder how many, I wonder how many people have sat in these chairs and gave God praise. I wonder how many people have said, he's so good. I wonder how many people have quoted verses like Psalm 18, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my God, my strength, and him will I trust. The buckler and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. I wonder how many people have had God moments in these chairs. I, I wonder if someone sat in this chair and accepted Jesus. I wonder if someone went from darkness to light, which is what I believe happens. When you say, I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I wonder if a marriage turned around in these two chairs. I wonder if someone sat in these chairs and they were, were feeling it's fallen apart. But God was able to pick up pieces and work it together for good. I, I, wonder, I wonder what's happened in these chairs. One thing that, that I would say is just in that simple point, I'm glad for sea support. I'm not here because people were stingy. You're not here today because people were selfish. You're, you're not here today because they were like, it's about my generation only and my preference and my style. No. Nope. Somebody sat in this chair and believed. I think the church can make it to 2019. I think the church can stay strong. I think they can keep going. And even though some of those people are still not with us today, the Bible would talk about a cloud of witnesses cheering us on. I'm just grateful. I honor. I honor all of those individuals that gave us seat support. Because the truth of the matter is, there are some. There are some that sit in these seats and make it all about them. My chair. This is my seat. And there, there is a danger. There is a danger that you and I, if we're not careful, can make church all about ourselves. But the church moves forward when people continue to give seat support. Everyone say support. I heard the joke about the $1 bill. The $1 bill actually met a $50 bill, and the $1 bill asked the $50 bill, hey, where, where have you been? The $50 bill, because you know, right? Money talks. That's not funny. <laughs> Said, I haven't seen you around here much, and the $50 bill answered, I've been hanging out at the casinos. I've been on cruises. I've been to ball games, I've been to the mall, you know, that kind of stuff. How about you? The $1 bill said, well, you know, same old stuff, church, church, church. <laughs> wow. 
We're not here because people debated or held on or argued. It's Old Testament. I'm not tithing. We're not here because people kept. We are here because somebody said, here's my tithe. Here's my offering. We are here today because of seat support. When I look at the chairs here today, I, I don't just see support. I would see seat stories. The history or heritage of the chairs. When I, when I reference seat support, when I reference seat support and I look at seat stories, a lot of my years would be these kind of chairs. So I'm raised Pentecostal, mixed in with apostolic holiness. So some of the early churches would be even men on one side, women on the other. At the church in Plastrock, my dad gets saved in that, that church. And then we, in our early years, would begin to have moments that were in these kind of chairs. So I've seen blue ones. Yellow ones, these beautiful colors. Somewhere along the line, because when, when, I, when I was raised in church, it wasn't like 75 minutes. Hey, for the next 75 minutes, we're going to have life-giving worship. You want to get some earplugs in the back, you know, with sound, if you just want to dole it a little bit. We got six service opportunities. When I was a kid, I would, I would joke about when I was a child, I had a drug problem. My parents would drag me to church all the time. Dra- drag me to Tuesday night, Thursday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, ladies' auxiliary, prayer nights, youth nights. You know, youth nights growing up wasn't even really youth nights. They called it that. It was just a, like a chance to go to church again. You, you would walk in and there would be like people of all ages like, this is not youth night. <laughs> but somewhere along the line in two and three and four hour services, people came up with this brilliant idea. What if we put padding on the seats? That is brilliant. And so we, we got pews. And in these pews, people slept like me. My, my mom, my mom and my dad, but my mom would tell stories about how I slept in these things all the time. It was a big joke how quick I could fall asleep in a pew. My, my parents, I've had my mom and dad recount the story, but one time I fell asleep. It, it's in a church called Marysville. I fell asleep, 
And it wasn't, I mean, this just shows how much my parents loved me. It just shows, even as a firstborn, just the value they put on me and, and how thankful they were to even have a child. My parents tell the story that, that, that they leave me in the church asleep, and it's not like they got to the car and was like, oh, where's Micah? I am so forgotten. My mom actually says they had to call someone to let them back in the church. And how thankful she is I didn't wake up. That's your thankfulness? When people would sit in these pews, when people would sit in these pews, they, they if they weren't careful, could almost become like owners of the pew. Sometimes people would put their name on the end, like, oh, can't sit there, that's the Pelkey pew, and like, nope. You, you could have guests or visitors, and it'd be like, no, this one's taken, this is, this is, uh, this is our pew. You don't see down there, I left my Bible, and people would actually like leave items. It almost became like a second home, like this, this, is, this is my pew. In this pew, like growing up, when, when, when I was a child, and even into my teenage years, my dad played the piano, and you know he pastored in places like Juniper, maybe a, a hundred, hundred and fifty people pastored in Zealand, about the same in Zealand. We never even had a restroom in the church, like a, an outhouse thing out back, which you didn't have people like now. People can go in and out like two, three, four times, like drank too much coffee. When you had to go to the outhouse, you would like hold it, like oh God, like. Pray, dismiss this service, Jesus. Like, it may not be all bad. Um, Keep you in here, keep you focused. (laughs) My dad pastored in Montreal, Quebec, Prince George, British Columbia. And we had, we had, uh, growing up, a hymn book. Anyone remember a hymn book? So, this is what, this is what I grew up with, and I have a lot of thoughts about hymn books. Number one, I love them. I still love them. Last night, I am, till almost two in the morning, I am reading hymns and recollecting and remembering some of the lines and the songs. And one thing about the hymn book is that you could just shout out what you wanted to sing. Like, you're going to sing the song I like, page 236. Like nowadays, I, I don't know if you knew this or not, but like Pastor Kristen, she'll actually like process and plan and prepare. They have a practice. They're like, let's try it in this key. Well, you know what? Let's try it. Not when I was a kid. When I was a kid, the practice was live. <laughs> the practice was like 236. And they'd get on the piano like, they'd always go to the end like, like, how about that? Uh, no, let's try C. Okay, ding, 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 ding. Like, all right, see, give it a shot. I've been in service before where they got like a whole verse in. And it was like, you know what? Actually, let's go back to G. <laughs> we used to have, when I, when I was growing up, we used to have God bless you testimonies. I love God bless you testimonies because it was your chance to really put introverts on the spot. 
It's one of my favorite things. Here's a God bless you testimony. They'd be like, God bless Micah. And so you, you, would, you would stand up and you'd be like, I just want to thank God. He's always the same and he never changes. It doesn't matter where you're at, what church you're in. It's all the same people. And God bless Jenny. And then that meant Jenny had to stand up and Jenny had to say her deal. You would always scan and try to find that person like slouching way down. That person that's like, don't see me. He'd be like, ah, right there. God bless No planning and preparing songs. I love some of these songs. One of my favorite songs growing up, I used to sing it with my dad when I was a teenager. It's called That Calvary. It went like this. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty. At Calvary. Last night, looking at some of these. Leaning on the everlasting arms. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. What about this one? His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord. He is the mighty King. He's the master of everything. I, I honor my heritage. I would not be here without seat support. I would not be here if it wasn't for all of the messages, all of the people serving, all of the effort, all of the energy, all of the prayers. I love this one, 314. I come to the garden alone while the dew still on the rose and the voice I hear falling on my ears. The Son of God is calling and he walks with me and he talks with me. You know the truth of the matter? Probably sang that song when I was 13, 14, 15, 16. And I'm now 46. And he's still walking. And he's still talking. And he's still telling me I am his own. I love, I love this one. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Page 365. Grace that is greater than all of my sin. This one, last night I'm just reading through these, but there's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low, fear not, I am with thee, peace be still, in all of life's ebb and flow. Something beautiful. 394, something good. All of my confusion. He understood. All I had to offer him Brokenness and strife, but he made something beautiful out of my life. I need thee every hour. I need thee. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Page 507, through it all. It's not just a hymn book. When I was raised, you had to have yourself a good Bible. This, this, this was one of my main Bibles, my dad, 
wrote on the front of it, I'm not afraid of storms, I'm learning how to sail my ship, your friend dad. It's one of the Bibles my dad gave me. You wouldn't walk to the pulpit or a podium with an iPad. Who do you think you are, Micah? You're gonna read something off of a copy and paste note? You get you a Bible and you actually had to carry it a certain way. I would travel and preach my Bible. I love my Bibles. I have a black one, I have a gray one, pages falling out. This was like a big study Bible for me. I would actually like, like I, so this Bible is incredible. You would have this Bible laid out and then you would get commentary sometimes. This is just the book of John. For those of you, I'm sure you know, 66 books in the Bible, 39 Old Testament, 27 New. This is just the book of John. So you would get some commentaries out and you would have books laid all over the table. It's not BibleGateway.com. <laughs> Big cheater. Like, oh, you're gonna Google Book of John. Lazy. I have a lot of these memories, but this will be one of my favorite memories. Our church was running about 100 people, and I, I'm, I'm praying, I'm wanting to grow, I'm trying to get voices to speak into my life. This was a series by Dan Ryland and John Maxwell, and this, this series is on helping you reach your goal of getting to 1,000 people. It's not, not a number, it's a great commission. Jesus sees the multitude, he wept, he had compassion. God sent his son for the world. God doesn't want us just to get stuck in a seat. He wants us to reach people. And, and this series had six cassettes. I have hundreds and hundreds, like in totes, of cassettes. And my wife hates every one of them. She tries to throw them out. She tries to barter off what it would take to rid our home of them. And I keep telling her, but babe, one day, I'm gonna sit down and listen to a thousand cassettes. <laughs> you know, when, when you would go from cassettes, when you go, would go from cassettes to CDs, it was like the end of the world was coming. Like, you heretic. Only hypocrites would stop doing cassettes for CDs. I want to help you because we can all get settled in a seat, we can all get settled in a style. We can all get settled into a form or a way of church. And I went through a season where I loved five and six and seven button suits. I would actually go to certain stores in Texas. There were several in Texas I loved to go to. But there were certain places I would go that would have these big five, six, seven button suits. And then my shoes, I loved to buy shoes that had like metal points on the end of them. Cufflinks? Oh, I had tons of, I had whole collections of cufflinks. 
I had this mustard color suit, like mustard, mustard, mustard. Had multiple pleats, baggy on the bottom, just the metal would stick out the tip. If I got invited somewhere really good, somewhere that was like, what an opportunity, guaranteed the suit that was coming out with my six-button mustard color suit. I get my Bible, I will walk in like I'm going to bring it. That's true. I tried to find the suit last night. I looked and looked. I tried to find I was going to wear it today. I couldn't. I have it somewhere, and I couldn't find it, but I got my next best option. This was one, this was one of my go-tos as well, this shirt right here. Man, that thing pops. I would get this shirt and this jacket. Oh, yeah. If you saw me in the mustard suit or this jacket, you know I was going for it. I don't even know what I would wear this stuff for anymore. I'm not getting rid of it or the cassettes. <laughs> Angel hates these too. This is two totes. Just in case it comes back. See, here's the danger. Here's the danger. Is you start out with seat sincerity. I have friends and family that still sit in these chairs. I don't care what chair you sit in. I'm just saying you can start out with seat sincerity. You can start out with seat support. You, you, you can say, you know what, God, I'm going to love you with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Whether you got your Bible or your iPad, whether or not you got the commentary or you are Googling. You see, and I, I don't really know what this speaks about you and I, but you just look at a hundred years, how it goes from like that thick to this thick, and you come over here to 2019, you're like, church is just getting like thicker and thicker and, and shorter, shorter services, and like, you just like, mm, like, oh, yes, like, ah. Oh. The danger is, that we start thinking that the solution is in the seat. We start thinking that our constant is the chair. You know these chairs right here have divided people? Like people have split over these seats. Like, like whether or not it was like, we're not going from the big gold felt to a bucket. Now, I was raised with choirs. Like choir robes, and then you would sway. That's what they would do when they're worshiping. Go into some churches and tell them, hey, what if we have a praise team today? We're not having a praise team. I got saved in the choir. I'm choir till I die. If 
if we're not careful, there are some people that actually feel guilty about getting up out of the chair. I have met people that have said, Pastor Micah, I don't, I don't feel I'm being spiritually fed. I don't feel like I'm growing. My husband doesn't want to come. I've met people that have said these things to me. But they will say, we, we cannot make any type of move, whether or not it's style, whether or not we, we can't, because my dad, my grand, grandpa, my, my great-grandpa, you can actually get stuck or settled in the seat and then feel guilty if you were to get up. Someone could encourage you, raise a hand. Well, I can't raise a hand because I've never been told to raise a hand. You feel guilty about getting up. I've met some people that got stuck in the middle because they wanted to grow and they wanted to move forward and they, and, and they got stuck in the middle. And some people are actually out of those gatherings. When I read about don't give up on gathering together, they're not anywhere right now because they got stuck in the middle. You can get criticized about the chairs. What do you, dishonor that chair? Actually, I don't. What are you, criticizing that chair? I'm not. Are you abandoning? No. You see, it's possible that you could honor your heritage and still say, God, I want to keep growing in my faith. I want to put on that red jacket every week just to prove a point. I, I, don't, I don't want to walk in here just so you're going to say like, well, thank God he's still reading his Bible. Because the constant's not the chair. I'm 46. Some of you would be younger. Some of you are a little bit older. The constant's not the chair. The constant's Christ. You know, when I'm younger, you'd walk into church, there'd be so much fake greenery. It's like you're at the Rainforest Cafe or something. Like, it's everywhere. It's in bathrooms, it's in lobbies, it's on stages. You're just like sorting through like, hey, good to see you. Like, growing up, I, like I said, I've been in hundreds of churches now. Growing up, I don't think I ever went to churches that didn't have like a plethora, like a collection of like those big high uh, wingback chairs or whatever they were like you would sit down in them and like they're really high up here and then they curve out around and they would always like angle them a certain way I don't care if you sit in this chair this pew that chair the constant's not the chair the constant's Christ he's the same yesterday today and forever. I mentioned my mom's here. She might remember some of these things. I used to try to get out of church. I have so many church services. I would try to get out of them. I remember a lot of times, but one in particular, the Fredericton Express, it's a hockey team, AHL, American Hockey League. They were, they were playing in the playoffs. My favorite player was Mike Eagles. He had scored 50 goals. I was only six or seven. And I got this bright idea that I was going to try to get out of church, go back to the parsonage. That, that's a house that the church owns. They'll let you live in. 
And I was going to go back to the parsonage and try to find the game on AM and listen to the hockey game. My dad would always call me out in church. We don't do a lot of that stuff now, but my dad would always call me out in church. Micah, stop talking. Micah, quit messing around with Ricky Huskins. I was like, so I'm going to deal with that at home. And moving on, John chapter 8. And then the whole time I'm like, oh God. I got the bright idea we're in Zealand. I'm going to sneak out. And so I get down because if you're sleeping, laying down, you're already halfway there. But, but I get down and I start crawling under the pews and I make it all the way to the parsonage. And Jeff Brewer catches me and tells my dad. I get the worst spanking. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Worship the creature more than the creator. I can't stand Jeff Brewer for telling my dad. (laughs) Getting ready to close, but when I was in Montreal, my dad pastored there. The church seat, a hundred and some people, but, but pews on either side, one middle aisle. In the back of the church, the middle aisle would look straight at a door. The bottom's wood. This whole part is all glass. So my dad could see what's happening in here, and he could see what's happening in the lobby. On the other side of that glass door, there was one room over to, the, to, to my right now. It would have been back there. That's where we would go as junior high, high school for our Sunday school class. We didn't always stay in here. We'd go to a Sunday school class. Wasn't always a lot of people. A lot of times it was me and Rick Huskins. Terry was teaching us. Terry was teaching our classes most Sundays. And I actually didn't tell my dad for years. All the times we snuck out. We would sneak out of the Sunday school class and go down to the store to get ice cream. But because the glass was like here up, we'd all have to get down. So my dad wouldn't see. My dad didn't have like a cutoff, like once you're 10, no more spankings. My dad would probably try to spank me right now for telling the story. It's just like open-ended. As long as I'm your dad... I'm doing this because I love you. Any other, anyone else have parents that said that? Like, I'm doing this because I love you. I was loved a lot. Uh, I was so loved, you wouldn't believe it. Left in church loved, spank loved, and just one big old bundle of love. But in honoring our heritage and in honoring my heritage, I'm grateful for my heritage thankful that my parents prayed over me. I'm glad for all of those ladies I mentioned earlier that poured into my life. My hope for me, my hope for you is that now in 2019, we don't get stuck. I mean, we sang it earlier, but the song just said something like this, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I've come with an agenda. I'm sorry if I just sang another song. I'm sorry if I just like, well, I went to practice and I went to work and I went to Kroger and I, and I went to church. Like, I'm sorry if I just turned it into religion. I'm sorry if I just made it another part of my week. 
Because regardless of what chair that you and I sit in, if we're not careful, we get settled in. We can even get stuck. Then we start thinking that it's about how we do church. How? The hymn book, the cassette, the CD, the chair, the pew. How? The robe. How? We start thinking it's about how we do church and not why. Why are you here today? Like right now, why are you here? Why do we gather? Why, why, why do we do TV 10 times a week? Why Facebook Live? Why Freedom Nights on Monday nights and Tuesday nights? Why do we get addicts here saying, I want to get clean? Why? Why would you sow into what God's doing in Ohio? Why? And I tell you today, don't ever let it become about how to the point that it's so divisive and distracting that you and I forget why. We're not here for religion. We're here to have a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. And don't ever let anything or anyone turn it into something different than that for you. I'd love the opportunity to pray with you today if I can, if we could just close our eyes all over the room. No one looking around. If you're able to pray with us on Facebook Live, I would love that as well. When I talk about people that have sat in that chair that made a decision for Jesus, maybe that's your day today. Maybe this is your day to repent of your sins. Maybe today is your day to accept the love and the grace of God. Maybe this is your moment. When I said a marriage could turn around or someone's life could turn around, maybe that's you right now. The Bible says we're all born in sin. And when we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth, we recognize, we repent. That just means you turn. You're going to turn around and you turn. You say, I don't want to live this way. You confess and believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, He is the Lord. The Bible says He'll hear our prayer. He'll save us from our sin. He'll become the Lord of our life. He'll begin to lead us. Maybe you need to pray that prayer today. For others, maybe you're a Christian, but you have allowed yourself to get settled. Settled in your worship. The Bible would call it lukewarm, complacency, status quo kind of words. Maybe today you just know I've settled. My my joy, my excitement, my vision, it's not where it was. And I want it to come back. The Bible talks a lot about restoring and renewing and reviving. And maybe today, that's what you want. You don't want to get stuck in a seat. You don't want to get stuck in a style. You don't want to get stuck in a mentality. This This is not just part of a schedule. He wants to have a relationship with us every single moment of every single day. And if that's how you're feeling and sensing today that you just want your relationship with Jesus to stay vibrant, to stay life-giving, I want to encourage you to pray a prayer today to say, God, just, just restore, renew. If like this songwriter, you need to offer an apology He penned the words in this song, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry if I've made it something it wasn't intended to be. The constant was not the chair. It was you, Christ. It wasn't about the property or the premise. Or, it's about your presence. Your presence is what makes a difference in my life. God, I want it to be all about you. God, we pray a prayer right now for every person that wants to give their life to you for the first time. We pray a prayer for every person that says, God, I want to make sure that I keep it alive and new and fresh. I don't want to get stuck. I don't want to get settled. And I pray these prayers today in Jesus' name. Amen.